don't say die, we won't give in. We're number one, we'll hold the line. We won't step back, we'll just attack time after time. We're lightning fast, we'll drive like rain. We won't be beat, we won't retreat, ice in our veins. We are the storm from Melbourne town, we'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. We are the storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 10. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Gobbs, and I will be bringing you the latest news, views, and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, let's get on with the podcast. There's an offload, an opportunity here now for Melbourne. Olam finds Xavier Coates, down the touchline he goes, Xavier Kicks in field on the bounce. Munster's got it. There you go. What a try, Melbourne. Cameron Munster. Great football, Melbourne Storm. Great football indeed. A stoic defensive effort by the Melbourne Storm. Led by the tireless work of hooker Harry Grant. Saw the Storm edge past the Rabbitohs 18-10 for their third win of the season last Friday night. With the Storm leading by eight inside the final ten minutes, Grant and fullback Nick Meaney both produced tackles to save certain tries, headlining a gutsy effort from the Melbourne Storm side across the entire 80 minutes. In a high-quality contest at Acor Stadium, which saw both teams complete over 80% of their sets, tries were traded throughout the opening ten minutes before the Storm etched out a 12-6 lead at the halftime break. It was Cameron Munster's try three minutes into the second half, which came off the back of a left-side shift that set winger Xavier Coates free down the left-hand side of the field, which wrestled back momentum the visitors' way when they led by six points. Whilst the Storm did give up a try to Campbell Graham on the hour mark, Melbourne soaked up prolonged periods camped on their line in their second half with their best saved for the final 10 minutes. First, Meany knocked the ball free from the grasp of Alex Johnston on his way to the line, seven from half to, seven from full time, before hooker Harry Grant took Isaac Thompson into touch to deny a four-pointer four minutes later. Now, I think all Storm fans and members would agree that was a return a return to the famous purple wall. The defence had returned. We saw signs of it against the West's Tigers, especially in that second half. Um, the scramble, the effort that was there, the amount of uh, goal line D, uh, the amount of defence that they, they went through. Um, 
and that was replicated ten times, tenfold against the Rabbitohs the other night against, and no disrespect to West Tigers, but a higher calibre team with a lot of attacking threats on both edges um, and especially through their spine players of Latrell Mitchell, uh, Damian Cook, uh, Cody Walker and young Lachlan Ilias who all asked questions of Storm all night long and the Storm just kept repelling them. Uh, and again, uh, personified and typified by the the defensive efforts um, by specifically Nick Meaney, uh, Harry Grant and even Tui Kamikamitha which brought down Latrell Mitchell millimetres from the goal line uh, in that first half as well, So uh, uh, in that second half. So, um, no, a, a really pleasing performance, probably the best defensive effort I've, I've seen in the past two two seasons um, from the Melbourne Storm. You'd probably have to go back to 2021 and even 2020 if you really, really want to get pedantic. But, um, no, the, the effort defensively was so pleasing and Craig Bellamy thought so too. Craig, you've questioned your team's effort and care factor in recent weeks, but you must have been pleased with some of those defensive efforts in the second half. Yeah, I, I thought the first half we were pretty good too, you know, but um, there were some desperate times in the second half and uh, I think they had about you know, 33 tackles in our, inside our 20, which is, you know, sometimes you don't get that in the whole game. So we had that in that second half. I thought they were really brave tonight. We made it really hard on ourselves at times. Um, but they, they, you know, backed that up with, you know, our, our best defensive game from the season without a doubt. You know, there's the other side's a dangerous side, you know, and um, they've got some good ball runs, but they've got, you know, their, their spines, you know, experienced and, and smart, you know. So um, re- really happy with, you know, to get, a, to get away with that result. Um, but, yeah, like I say, it was... It's been a while since we've probably seen a, a good as a defensive effort uh, you know, for 80 minutes tonight. I thought, thought they were tremendous. How much has that been worked on, spoken about? Uh, it's, yeah, well, yeah, both <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah, it's a thing that um, we've always sort of prided ourselves on at the Storm, you know, since I've been there and probably before I've been there, you know, and that, you know, we want to be a a good defensive side first, first and foremost, you know, and with all due respect this year, we haven't been that. Um, but as I said, you know, we made some improvements last week in our first half against the Tigers, uh, but I just thought tonight, you know, it was, there was a lot of desperate efforts out there and, um, you know, some real... You know, at times time, we probably made a little bit hard on ourselves with... Individuals working as individuals, and we still need to be better working as a team, and you know, little teams within the team. Um, but you know, that's you know, we've got a lot of new combinations, so we'll keep working on that. But you know, to put in the effort like they did tonight, you know, when we didn't have the ball, was like I say, really happy with it. And I think that's what we've also got to be very, very mindful of too. Is that you got to think there's new combinations, especially on the right edge. So you've got a new winger in Will Warbrick. You've got Remus Smith, who hasn't played a hell of a lot of football, being injured last year, but hasn't played a lot of football, if any at all, apart from maybe some scrimmage work at training um, and very limited time in the trials with Will Warbrick. So their combination as a wing centre is still forming. Um, you get a new halfback as well in Jonah Pezzett, 
who was who's been standing in and doing a, a, a tremendous job, an admirable job for for uh, Jerome Hughes. So that entire right edge over there is a new new combination uh, and a new defensive system. Throw in Elisa Katoa as well. So virtually, you've got an entire new right edge, and it takes such a long period of time. I, I think. The average fan doesn't actually understand the amount of work, the amount of reps, the amount of understanding, the amount of cues, the amount of body language, um, all, all those different sort of elements that go into making a defensive system effective. That takes time. That takes time. Now, you look at your high-performing teams, your, your, your teams that, that are defensively sound and your best-performing teams – What's the common denominator? They've played a lot of football together and there, there hasn't been a lot of change or upheaval in terms of team selection. So we've got to be patient as fans and as members to understand that these combinations, this this cohesion, this understanding, the formula between the players on, on, on both edges, it's a work in progress still. So whilst whilst they're, they're still they're building that sort of cohesiveness between themselves, one thing that can be controlled is effort and desperation, which is what we've seen specifically last week but over the past fortnight. And if that effort and that desperation remains whilst the edges continue to work out and build that sort of continuity together, then that's a, that's only going to be a good thing. Um but yeah, great to see that they're really, really starting, really starting to gel, really starting to build that sort of cohesiveness now. Um, and again, touch wood, if everything stays according to plan in terms of health, fitness, uh, avoiding judiciary, etc., then that defensive uh, system, specifically on the right edge, but on the left edge as well, because you've got a new. Edge back, uh, edge back row over there with Trent Liera as well, um, but obviously the Xavier Coates, Justin Olam, Cameron Munster, sort of mainstays on that left edge. But you take out a, an existing five or six year back rower in Kenny Bromwich, and you put in a new back rower. It's taking time for Trent Liera to find his feet as well, because again he's got to pick up on cues. He's got to. He's got to be able to read what Munster's going to do, and which is very, very hard because Munster doesn't, Munster doesn't know what he's doing. So, it's it's one of those things where it's 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 a process of time and, and being patient. Um, but again, it's the things, the things the storm can control at the moment is that effort defensively, and the desperation in defence. So let's hope we continue to see that tomorrow night and in the coming weeks and rounds ahead. Teamless Tuesday. Halfback Jerome Hughes returns to the Melbourne Storm starting lineup for the first time since round three for the Easter Thursday clash with the Sydney Roosters at Amy Park. Hughes sat out back-to-back wins against West's Tigers and South Sydney Rabbitohs due to suspension and will resume his duty in the number seven jersey alongside Cameron Munster in the halves. It'll be the duo's first time on the field together since round one. 
Rookie Jonah Pezzett, who has filled in admirably for Hughes and Munster over the past three weeks, has been named on the extended bench. Hughes' inclusion is the only change to the run on 13 that down the Rabbitohs with a big second-half defensive effort. Tarek Sims has also been named in the 17 after missing the Rabbitohs game to gain valuable match fitness in the Host Plus Cup where he played a consecutive 70 minutes for the Brisbane East Tigers against Ipswich. So he definitely got some K's in the legs uh, and some volume, which is fantastic to see. In other team news, Tom Eisenhuth will play his first game at Amy Park for 2023 after his successful return to the NRL squad last week, while the extended bench also includes Grant Anderson, Jordan Grant, Tyron Wishart and Jack Howarth. Kickoff is at 7.50pm tomorrow night and will be available on 9GEM, Channel 9, Fox Sports and KO. Now, let's have a quick look at the team lists. So, for the Storm, Nick Meaney will be fullback. Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates are on the wings. Remus Smith and Justin Ollum are in the centres. The halves are Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes. The front row, Tui Kamikamitha, Christian Welsh and Harry Grant is that hooker. The edge back row, Trent Liero, Elisa Katoa and Josh King locks the scrum. Now, on the interchange bench, we've got Bronson Garlic. Alec McDonald, Tom Eisenhuth, and Tarek Sims round out the 17. On the extended reserves, Grant Anderson, Jordan Grant, Tyron Wishart, Jack Howarth, and Jonah Pezzett. Now, for the Roosters. No Tedesco, no worries. Joseph Manu returns from suspension and plays fullback. Daniel Tupo and Jackson Barlow are on the wings. Joseph Swali'i and... Drew Hutchinson are in the centres. The halves are Luke Keary and Sam Walker. Their forward pack, led by the alpha male, the big dog, Jared Warrior Hargraves, Lindsay Collins and the return of the cheese, Brandon Smith, is at hooker. The edge back row, Egan Butcher, Nat Butcher and Victor Radley in the 13. Their interchange bench looks like this. Jake Turpin, Tyrell May, Corey Allen and Fletcher Baker on the extended reserves. Nafia White, Paul Momoroski, the former Storm Centre, Sandon Smith, Swa Wong and Ben Thomas. Now, the dangers. Despite having no James Tedesco, the Roosters side is still a very formidable team on paper. It's rare you can lose the Australian fullback and have the luxury of bringing back in the New Zealand test fullback. Talk about being sport for choice. Joey Manu, the current reigning golden boot winner for the best rugby league player on the planet, returns and will be a constant threat. He already has a licence to roam when he does play at centre, but he'll be even more dangerous at fullback, which will give him the latitude and opportunity to bob up on both sides of the ruck at any given time and push through the middle at will. The halves combination of Kiri and Walker continues to improve week on week as well. Kiri, the steady hand, but has also found his running game in recent weeks. Walker, who I've got personally a big rap on, uh, believing he'll be a future Queensland origin halfback. He's probably having his best season to date, 
specifically defensively. When he first hit the scene as a 19-year-old, he had to run around in the shower to get wet. That's how small the kid was. With a few pre-seasons under his belt now, his defence has improved tenfold. Whilst still a spot defender for opposition edgeback rolls, he is hitting and sticking and not being a proverbial speed hump. With the ball, the kid is a wizard. He's got great vision, reads numbers well, and reacts to what he sees. Melbourne Storm can't give him time. They need to apply plenty of kick pressure, and it will be needed to ensure that they also uh, get off the line quickly, especially the A and B defenders, and put that uh, inside pressure in, trying to force a mistake. It'll be imperative. I expect him to really try and engage the edges uh, and will look to exploit the up-and-in defence of the Storm. Kiri has been predominantly playing on the left edge. Meanwhile, uh, meaning Walker will uh, be trying to isolate Coates on the left. Hopefully the man they call Fear, Justin Ollum, will be introducing himself to young Walker at various stages of the match. Just ask Tana Boyd. The Roosters pack, led by their enforcer and spiritual leader in Jarabuira Hargraves, are going to be a handful. Lindsay Collins, now an origin and test front rower, plays on the back of Warrior Hargreaves as a second prop carry, which really gives the Roosters a nice platform to play on the front foot with and gives them great momentum. On the back of that, a running cheese will be looking to capitalise on their inroads around the middle third and with quick play the balls will attempt to dominate the storm right down the middle. The Roosters play an aggressive power game through the middle third of the field, so yet again it's going to be a real arm wrestle, and it will come down to a massive effort for the Storm's ruck forwards. So, Welshy, Kamikamitha, King, McDonald, Sims, and Eisenhuth will need to really match their go forward and really go above and beyond defensively to ensure that they don't get a roll on and win that all-important ruck, which will then take the likes of Manu Swali'i out of the game and provide them a lack of time and space with the ball. Now, Storm News. In a sight sure to please the Purple Faithful, Ryan Pappenhausen has taken the next steps in his road to recovery, running outdoors. At a Storm training session for the first time in nine months since the knee injury, that he sustained ended his 2022 season. He was joined in rehab drills by Big Nelson Asafa Solomona, who was also on his way back from a knee injury sustained back in round two against the Bulldogs. Now, speaking on mornings with Matty White on SEN Sydney, the star fullback detailed what for him was a milestone as he returned to the training paddock. His Here's just some of what Paps had to say to Matty White. Ryan, thanks for your time. Good morning. Hey, Matty. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for your time as well. The the rugby league world wants to know, where are you at? We saw some social media photos of you yesterday. No taping on the leg. You looked as though you were going through the motions pretty well. 
Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's funny. Like it's a, it's a massive milestone from the outside in. Um, I'm trying not to get too excited, but um, yeah, back back running the other day, so uh, I was good to put the boots back on. Um, but yeah, it's been nearly nine months now since I've had it run, so I'm just getting the body used to that again. And uh, yeah, the boys got around me, which is pretty cool. And um, yeah, still a lot of work to go, but um, big milestone in that regard. So if it's out of ten, where do you reckon your body's at? <laughs> Oh, it's a tough one because I haven't. I'm not really doing what I was before I got injured. But in terms of strength in the gym and fitness, I'd say um yeah, so I'm going pretty well. So um, take the knee into account. I'm going to say I'm about a six or seven at the moment. So I'm getting there. All right, we'll give you a pass mark on that, and and probably also too is where's the head at? Because I can imagine there's a fair bit of anxiety when you start to put pressure on your knee in particular, and you start to really ramp it up. That there's always that thought in the back of your mind: Am I good to go here? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I've been sort of building up towards it. So um, I've been running on the Ultra G machine, which sort of takes away your body weight a little bit. So um, I've been progressing in that, which has given me confidence that when I do progress to land, I'll be able to do it. And just I think the main anxiety I had was just trying to get my running gait back. So um, once that was back, uh, I was pretty confident moving to the sand. And then once we did the sand, I just thought, gee, I, I might be ready here to go into the land. And um, pretty natural progression, but I sort of had in the back of my mind. I've, I've done all the work now and had a look at everything that could I could possibly do and uh, if I tick all those boxes and there's no excuses. So uh, yeah, I think it was just sort of moving through those steps and, and then that just gave me confidence to go out there and um, be able to run. But like I said, there's still a long way to go um, to get back to where I need to be. But yeah, tick for that first box. Which is- As mentioned last week, the news and the sight of Pappenhausen running on an Ultra G or an anti-gravity treadmill Then on sand, as I alluded to, the fact that running on land was not too far away, suffice to say, it's taken place this week. So with Pappy rating his body a 6 or 7 out of 10, one can assume that the next six weeks will see Pappenhausen be put through an NRL pre-season to bring his body up to the rigours of the NRL again. He will be getting pulverised, polaxed, by the Storm's performance team, ensuring, as he has often stated, that he just doesn't return to play, but returns at a level ready to perform and compete. Now, I'm no medical expert or professional, but my hunch is that we potentially could see Paps back in round 14. That's roughly eight weeks from now. Round 13, the Storm have the bye. So... Utilising that extra week of prep and load into his body may be extremely beneficial. Time will tell, but returning to running on land, the fans and members can be rest assured, Paps's return is imminent. The cheese returns to Melbourne. Thursday night's clash will be the first time Brandon Smith will return to Amy Park to take on his former club and teammates. I think Christian Welsh summed it up perfectly when asked about coming up against the Roosters and his former teammate, the Cheese. Uh, the Roosters coming your way oh, yeah. on Thursday night. The cheese, we're coming for you, <laughs> big boy. We'll see you there Thursday. You've heard it. That'll make the opener on Thursday. Thanks, mate. What's a fan favourite? I think the cheese 
can expect a pretty hostile reception from the Storm faithful. Storm fans and members have long memories. We have not forgotten his infamous comments where, whilst under contract with the Storm, he infamously infamously declared that he wanted to win a premiership in a Roosters jersey, despite being a current Melbourne player and the club paying his wages. This went down like a lead balloon. There was a push internally by some club power brokers to let him go a year early, but it never eventuated, and the Chiefs saw out the season in 2022 at the club before moving to Bondi for 2023. Speaking on his podcast with James Graham, here's what the Chiefs had to say. Mate, looking forward to this week. A few boys I've got on the hit list. Christian Walsh is uh, at the moment he's number one. He's publicly come out, but yeah, it's it's. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I've told all the secrets I have. <laughs> you know all the calls. I know all the calls. Hopefully they haven't changed them all. I wonder if they double bluff you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Something Harry would do. Christian Walsh. We're coming for you, big boy. <laughs> what are you going to try and do to him? Are you going to try and get him off a kickoff? Um, no, I'll stick away. I'll let someone else do yeah, that. Yeah, you'll, you'll wait. I don't want to get him too angry, so I'll, I'll let the heavyweights fight it out, maybe, and then I'll, maybe, I'll, I'll come by and nibble the ankles maybe, or something. Maybe just embarrass him. I, I, you, I've <laughs> started to notice you're getting a bit more out of dummy half. I reckon let Jared soften him up. <laughs> get him, drag him into deep waters, and then you make him look like the fool. I'm just super happy Nelson isn't playing. Mm. <laughs> I bet you are, Cheese. I bet you are, because you can imagine that Nelson just would have been making a beeline straight for you, run straight over the top of the cheese. Oh, what a disappointment that Nelson's injured. Not to worry. Uh, Bellyache had his pre-game media this afternoon and was also asked about coming up against the cheese. Let's see what Belzer had to say. Unfortunately, came up against Brandon for the first time and you know his game inside out, so he'll be able to stop him, hopefully. Yeah, it's funny thing, he's, um, he's, sort of, he's playing a different role up there, like he's playing dummy half full, full time, where here he was like a part time dummy half, part time, you know, playing the ruck and, you know, could do either job, you know, really well. So, um, yeah, like I say, it's, um, yeah, it'd be strange playing against him, I suppose, but, um, um, yeah, you know, we know where the quality player is and um, you know, we'll need to keep our eye, eye on him. Is he fairly unflappable, like, with your experience in coaching him? Like, you don't expect him to take the bait, I suppose? What bait? Or if it was any, you know, but, yeah, is he oh. fairly... Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that, but, yeah, I don't think he's going to get lured into not thinking about his game, not doing his game, you know, it's... Um, he, you know, he obviously knows what his role is, and you know he, he's very good at, at playing his role and playing to his strengths. And uh, you know, he's obviously a good player. So it's one thing for the cheese to know all the storm secrets and storm set plays and little, little cues and idiot. Um, intricacies um, of, of the storm in terms of when they go uh, with the ball. But what you what the cheese also has to realise is that they know his game inside out as well and know what he can bring, not only from him personally, but how he engages and how he can bring forwards on as well. So 
the Storm will have done their homework on the cheese. They know him better than he probably knows himself, knowing the, the brain's trust of the Melbourne Storm's coaching department. So, um, yeah, bring on the cheese and bring on the roosters. Well, short and sharp, that's it for this week. A massive game tomorrow night against the Chooks. We want to see the same effort, the same care, the intent defensively as we have witnessed over the past fortnight, especially last Friday night against the Rabbitohs. If that defensive commitment and effort can once again be replicated, then I believe the Storm have enough attacking Arsenal in their kit bag to score enough points to get their chocolates against the Roosters. I'm tipping the Storm by two, expecting a thriller. It has all the makings and hallmarks of being one, and which again isn't good for the ticker nor the blood pressure, but will be worth the health concerns if Storm get the dub. And speaking of chocolate, wishing all of you a very happy and blessed Easter period. Uh, Enjoy yourself and stay safe during this festive period. Remember double demerits uh, and too much chocolate. Yeah, well, that's uh, each to their own, eh? Uh, I'm not here to give health advice. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, and until next week, enjoy your weekend of Rugby League. Enjoy your Easter and go the mighty storm.